and welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And it's today- peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time. Where they at? Where they at? <laughs> it is time, though. It, hey, it's time. I know the you're old, mad, listen, but it is time. Listen, um, I don't even know, like, the original to that song. <laughs> like, I can't picture the video. I can't picture, like, what it's really about. Because the only thing that's in my head when I hear that song is, oh, must be time to eat. Because Pap has that as his alarm. So he eats on time and his sugar doesn't get out of whack. Exactly. No, I know. <laughs> I'm like, it's not dinner. It's past dinner. Well, half the time when you have that conversation with Pap, if you say dinner, he he means lunch, but supper means dinner, I think. I don't know. When the alarm rings, it's time to eat. <laughs> When the alarm rings, it's time to eat. When the bell tolls. <laughs> when the bell strikes twelve. Hickory dickory dock. Don't pull out the Glock. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, we're not rhyming whatever we want? <laughs> Is this a freestyle? Oh my, what is happening? No, really, what's happening? Well, um, it, I sang it's peanut butter jelly time because it's time for us to get back to our bread and butter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone knows is... Cryptids. I Cryptids. Ah, ah. It could be a musical. Man, I'm glad we're on the same page. I was going to be real embarrassed if you said something other than cryptids. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant RuPaul's Drag Race, which we have started season nine. nine. If you're confused, hey, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Uh, yeah, this week I want to get back to cryptid, cryptid, cryptids. 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 That's what I call them, cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone ask me the other day, uh, what's a cryptid? And I was like, well, Wait, really? Yeah. Who? Don't um, name their name. Describe them to me. Mouth it to me. Know that you don't know them. It was somebody. Oh, I know. I'm assuming it was somebody from. It was somebody who was interviewing me. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, so they were like, what's your podcast about? And I was like, oh, well, we talk about things that keep us up at night or that are kind of creepy, like cryptids, ghosts, paranormal activity, true crime. And they go, they go what, what, what? What's a cryptid? And I was like, oh, what happened? Do you know who, um, excuse me, Captain, do you know who Bigfoot is? I said, like, Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Mm Mm-hmm. Nelly. Like, Nelly for for Dardo. I was thinking of Nelly. (laughs) What's her name? Nelly for, Nelly for Nardowitz. I don't know. Nelly for Tato, but that's not, I thought you meant the other Nelly. Yeah, I mean him too. Anyway, cryptids. Cryptids. Crickets. 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 Okay, back to crickets. Mantis Burgess. <laughs> yep, got in one. Back to uh, crickets. So this week, um, I'm going to tell you about two different cryptids, and uh, we'll see after listening if you uh, are kept well, up at night or if you're still able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. I have a feeling that I'm going to uh, 
won't be able to sleep as snug as a bucket of rug because I'm going to have to try to choose between Bachelor number one and Bachelor number two. Oh, that's a fun game. Okay, we'll play that game. So this week, your contestants, uh, one of them strikes fear to the hearts of the biggest, brawniest, flannelist wearing lumberjacks, and the other was a family's furry companion living in the walls and hurling insults at them daily. Hold on! <laughs> Let's meet contestant number one! First, all the way from northern Canada, we will discuss that which all lumberjacks are told to fear. Okay. This creature's origins seem to trace back to either Inuit or pioneer or oral tradition. Lumberjacks of the time often blame this creature, called the uh, Snow Wasset, as the reason many fellow woodsmen would go missing in the winter woods. That's kind of creepy. So, you know, Dave is out um, chopping trees a little too far from camp. Yeah. Doesn't come back. Mm, Snow Wasset got him. Do lumberjacks lumberjack together? You mean do they jack lumber together? <laughs> yeah, because, like, when I picture... So what you're pretty much saying is, like... Lumberjacks are all kind of friends with each other because they are like, yeah, Pete, he got taken by the Snow Wasset. Mm-hmm. I picture lumberjacks as like singular figures that are like with their live alone in a cabin and then they go chop wood for themselves. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let me back up. Maybe if I call them lumbermen. Those who no. will process wood for a profession. Right, right. So it could be like a whole team of people. Yes. Yeah. Lumber mm-hmm. yards, lumbermen. On Fortnite, there's a whole lumber yard. I, I figured it out. I figured it out. I don't know if it's still there. I figured it out. Anyway, the Snow Wasset. Yes. Must be pretty big to capture lumber, a lumberjack. Well, lumberjacks can come in all shapes and sizes. Who well, am I I'd, to discriminate? I'd tell you how big it was if anyone had ever seen one. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, contestant number one would be blamed when bodies of missing men were found, lumbermen, were found beneath large snowdrifts. They would say it's because the snow wasset would pull down the human victims, let them freeze to death, and store their body for later. Oftentimes, large holes or depressions would be found on the upper level of snow, which signified that a snow wasset had recently been in the area and made a meal of an unfortunate victim above. Is it possible that it was just quicksand, but the snow version? Wait, mm. <laughs> what? Please, tell me more. <laughs> Is this your question for contestant number one? <laughs> utilize quick snow <laughs> no but it's like um you're saying that they just get pulled under but what if it was just they stepped in a bad part of the snow and they fell through scientists and experts have yet you to agree. agree of course okay anyway continue continue you know what terrifying though if you do get pulled under the snow scary yeah the snow wasset was said to be a migratory creature, which spends its summers hibernating in a warmer climate further south around the Great Lakes area, and uh, would be active only during the winter months of extreme cold. The snow wasset during the summer had an unusual physiology. It would grow short legs, which it would use to kind of creep around through cranberry marshes, find the shade, take naps. It would also change to a greenish color. Hibernate. In the summer. In the summer. Okay. When it wasn't killing people, it took a summer vacation to cranberry fields. Marshes, yes. Is what you're saying. Okay. But it grew little legs. Yeah. So that it could get around more easily. But nobody knows what it looks like. 
Well, this is speculation. <laughs> hey! Hang on. And nobody knows what it looks like, but they do Man. know that it grew feet. It grew legs. Please hold your questions till the end. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once the first snow would come, it would change to a brilliant white, shed its legs in order to burrow its way through snowdrifts, and migrate north. It would kind of follow... It's a worm. It's kind of weird, because it seems like it does backwards following of migration. Yeah, that's why I I was kind of thinking of it as a summer vacation, rather than... I know why. So, as I read my... I read the next sentence of my notes, so it makes sense now. Okay. The snow wasset would move north and would mostly hunt for hibernating prey. So, oh. so animals would tunnel to safer locations, and then it would then burrow under their tunnels and be like and sleeping. Suck them down. Right, 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 right. So right. it would be hunt, next to them. Mostly hunt hibernating prey. That makes sense. Smaller animals such as rabbits, grouse, possums, skunks, and badgers—anything that would skulk around the woods—were the favorite meals of the snow wasset. But it wasn't opposed to pulling down the occasional wolf or bobcat if it got hungry enough. Even humans were not safe from the creature's appetite. Snow the snow wasset is known to have the angered attitude of a wolverine, but is described as being almost 40 times the size of a wolverine. 40 times? A full-grown wasset was nearly 140 feet long. No way. And 40 times as active as a wolverine. It was 140 feet long? Yeah. You're telling me that we have a giant worm on our hands? No. It's not a worm. <laughs> it's supposed to be more weasel-like. Snow wasset. But then does have legs. It does during the summer. That means nothing. It has fur. White, brilliant white fur during the summer, and then it's green or during the winter, and it's green during the summer. Green fur? Yeah, so it blends in. Worm. Fuzzy worm. No, furry worm. (laughs) Get out of my face. I said fuzzy worm, and you said no, furry (laughs) worm. That's the same thing. (laughs) Weasel. (laughs) According to Woodsman, the tragedies of the far north were far more numerous beneath the crusted snow than above it. The only way for lumberjacks to stop and kill a snow wasset was a very complicated trap that was comprised of at least a dozen deadfalls all triggered together. So deadfall was a trap with a big heavy rock that's basically tilted at an angle and held up with sticks. <laughs> and then when the snow wasset would come barreling through, the stick would it fall. It would trigger would... one after yeah. another, and then hopefully they. So it's catch like an it. av- rock slide. Yes. Well, yeah, it's 140 feet long. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, like... You're trying to snag part of it. Yeah. When the animal moves the trigger, which may have bait under it or near it. <laughs> The rock or log would fall, crushing the animal to death. And then they would wait for the critter to set one off, and then they'd run and see if the other uh, rocks fell on it. Okay. Since the critter's body was so long, nobody knew exactly what direction it would be traveling, so they just had to set up, like, a wide range of traps. Although the Inuit people spoke often of seeing the snow wasset, the creature was extremely elusive. The only specimen of this beast ever examined by a white man... Or white men in general. Why Pi- gotta be a white man? <laughs> Non-Inuit peoples. Why gotta be a white man? This is what the story says. Yeah, but what the Inuit people say? I want to know what they said. Why I gotta be a white man? They said everything that I told you that you got upset about. He turns green and grows legs, goes and takes. I didn't get upset about it. But he turns white, sheds his legs, comes back up. I was upset that I said worm and you said no. <laughs> it's not. Okay, so the only time, the only written paper that a white man mm. has ever s- the only 
Well, I don't know if they wrote it down. They examined it. Yeah. And the only time that they ever examined one was when they... The only specimen that uh, non-Inuit peoples actually laid eyes on was an imperfect one found in James Bay, where a party of surveyors found an Indian with a peculiar-looking canoe, which upon further examination was shown to be made from one wasset hide greatly stretched. There was no leg holes in the white winter pelt, because when it's winter and they're white, they don't have legs. Greatly stretched, so it must not have been a... It, was either it must can- not have been fully grown. Or it was one big canoe. <laughs> one real big canoe. 140 foot mm. long canoe. Where would you row that? James Bay, apparently. I don't know where James Bay is. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, apparently the Inuits would use snow wassets to make one man canoes. One man canoes that were over a hundred and forty. It says canoe. No. Wait, what's the difference? Well, like, I guess you could have a two person kayak, can you? I don't know. Anyway. What's the difference? Well, the kayaks. I thought kayaks you like. You're not picturing them as trapped, different boats. Yeah. Kayaks you like trapped. Yeah, yeah you can have it. open kayaks, though. I think. Doesn't that make it a canoe? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Wait, no, because canoes are usually like have the seats, the wooden seats. Kayak versus canoe. <laughs> canoes are bigger and heavier with a wide frame and an open top. Kayaks are smaller, sleekier. <laughs> Sorry, sleeker. Boats designed for speed and recreational purposes. <laughs> Don't we all want to be a little sleekier? <laughs> sleekier. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The point is... The point is they would use one, a hide to make one-man canoes. Which they would apparently also use as sleds. So did they find these a lot? Uh, the Inuit people said that they used them a lot, and yeah. it was a common thing. Yeah. But the only one that's, like, apparently documented is... This one they found in James Bay, where right. they were like, what'd you make that out of? And they're like, snow, snow wasn't, wasn't, no legs. <laughs> they're See? Like, what? They're like, See oh. my beautiful creation? What? <laughs> Interesting. I feel like it'd be a hard process to get rid of your legs, especially if it's a mammal. Just kick them off. Sure. Sure. I didn't say it was a mammal. I mean, it's got fur, but... <laughs> That's part of the reason why a mammal is a mammal, Whitney. Oh, but they gotta have milk too, yeah? And have live babies? Uh huh. What's a platypus? No one knows. <laughs> Scientists and experts have yet to agree. That's all the information that I could find on a snow wasset. I love it. Most of the stories are exactly the same. I love it. Why would you? Why would you want to change it? Big boy pops out of snow, swallows. Pops out of snow like daisies. <laughs> Just saying. Dishon on you. Dishon on your cow. cow. We need to watch Mulan again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the new one. Mm-mm. It was fine. It was fine. As a standalone. Don't compare it to the As cartoon. A standalone. <laughs> Don't call it Mulan. Okay. <laughs> no, it was good too in its own way. No song. There was no music. There was no songs. You fight good. 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> Is he staying for dinner? Is he staying forever? <laughs> anyway. So, now we move to the Isle of Man for contestant number two. The Isle of Man is a small body of land which can be found in the sea between England and Ireland. The Irving family, uh, as you will be talking about today, they're not the cryptid, but we'll get there. <laughs> the whole family is <laughs> whole, one cryptid. <laughs> they might as well have been. Uh, they lived in a remote farmhouse on the Isle of Man in the 1930s. The family consisted of James, his wife Margaret, and their teenage daughter, Voiry. V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. Voiry. 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 Um, this, I mean, you might say this. Was this like a pop, a very populated island? Mm, they were pretty was spread out. a small out. island? They lived pretty off. The I beaten path. I don't know how big it is. They had neighbors, but they lived, you know, a ways away. <laughs> Absolutely. They didn't have people that came to visit often. Okay. Yeah, but that could have just been because nobody liked them. They smelled funny. Let me tell you. <laughs> Wait, it says is that it right here. No, no. <laughs> they were the only residents of the house that they lived in, and they felt they were safely tucked away from most of society. One morning in 1931, the family began to hear something moving through the walls of their home. Raccoons. At first, they heard the movement and strange animal noises, Raccoons. and thought they had a critter. <laughs> Raccoons. Are raccoons native to the Isle of Man? Not that I know of, but I don't know. I didn't specifically look Raccoons, it up. possums, squirrels. These are all the things that, if we heard noises in These our attic, I would These are a few of my favorite things. Raccoons. Bum, 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 bum. Possums. <laughs> possums, raccoons, and sometimes skunks. <laughs> Raccoons, <laughs> possums, and distinct skunks. <laughs> Unless you are living with a family of monks. Wait, Wait what? <laughs> I don't know. There you go again, just rhyming without making sense of it. What rhymes with skunk? Go. Bunk, hunk, chunk, <laughs> stunk, funk, <laughs> punk. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me one more time. <laughs> Never gonna get through this episode. After the strange animal noises and movement, the family began to be kept awake at night by what they said was blowing, spitting, and growling behind the matchboard partition of the lower rooms. So they had like a screen thing up. Okay, thank so you. So instead of mm -hmm. just being in the walls. It's like a changing screen in Mulan. Yeah. She goes behind and changes. But uh, instead of just being the walls, it would like sit behind there. And they didn't like get up to invest. Get back in the wall. Be gone. No way. Uh, listen. <laughs> no way. The entity quickly progressed into something more sophisticated. Having learned to mimic various other animal noises, it then began to repeat nursery rhymes that it heard the Irvings telling their daughter. And within a short while, it built up a sufficiently wide vocabulary. It's it's a it's a type of bird. It started to converse with the family. Yeah. Its voice is said to have been loud, clear, and one or two octaves higher than most humans. It's a bird. Other witnesses described it as a very high, screechy sort of voice. Uh, it's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, the presence introduced itself to the family as Hildago. I gave you a hint earlier tonight. 
I gave you a hint earlier in the night just to see if you were paying attention to me. But I say a lot of things. Was it during the podcast or before? Oh, before. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. His name is Jeff. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> My name's Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Wait, inter- really? Yeah, he introduced himself to the family as Jeff. G-E-F. Possibly G-Off, but... He spelled it G-E-F. But scientists and experts are yet, yet to agree. agree. <laughs> well, he said this after uh, James had re- been referring to him as old Jack. Oh. And he got mad. He's like, oh, excuse me, my name is Jeff. <laughs> my name is Jeff. <laughs> he said, my name is Jeff and I am a mongoose from India. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. How did Jeff come to the Isle of Man from India. Scientists and experts have yet to agree. Jiminy Christmas. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. Merry Crisis. Uh, the family would later claim that Jeff became more and more integrated into their family. They insisted he slept in Voyery's room, ate bacon and sausages with them, and even rode the bus on occasion to bring back gossip about the neighbors. They insisted that they that he slept in Voyery's room. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. They insisted that he did all of these things. That he slept with in a room. Ate sausages with them. And bacon. And then they insisted he rode the bus. And would bring back gossip about the neighbors. I want to be Jeff's friend. So bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, does he? He's a little, he's a little grumpily. One of the first and most notable conversations James Irving describes having with Jeff was when he sat down one morning to read the newspaper. James said he was reading in silence when Jeff shouted from the walls, Read it out loud, you fat-headed no. <gasps> yes! Yes! <laughs> now, James didn't find the voice or the behavior surprising by now, as Jeff had a distinct voice compared to his wife and daughter and often grumbled at him. So, <laughs> he, he said... No, no, no! It's not like my la- my wife wouldn't call me a fat-headed no. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, voice a different, different voice. <laughs> it's just loud. It's just more high pitched. Wait. Okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. I, I have a. I keep asking questions. So they insisted that he did all these things. Mm-hmm. Did they put the sausage and bacon in the walls? Uh, it, I. <laughs> it was just gone. It's incredible. Whoa. A couple weeks later, it on a trace. Just some ooze. <laughs> no, well, like, I'm just... And to ride the bus, like, how do they know? They... Did they ever see him? Yes, they insisted they saw him on multiple occasions. Oh, okay. Continue. Many believe Jeff was a hoax or a family hallucination since no one else had seen or heard him except for the Irving family. They continued to insist he was real, though. The family members all claimed to have seen Jeff at some point with their own eyes. And in 1932, James did an interview with the Manchester Daily Dispatch where he described the creature as, quote, a little animal resembling a stoat, a ferret, or a weasel, yellow in color, with a body about nine inches long, its long, bushy tail is speckled with black. Small. Small. Small, small boy. Small, small, small jewel. Why are you so small? Why are you so tiny? <laughs> you built like a baked bean. A baked bean! A baked bean! <laughs> As time progressed, their account of his appearance kind of seemed to shift, though. Mongoose, something of a sprite who, though verbally active and possibly telekinetic, was rarely seen. Jeff's own descriptions of himself also varied. At one point, he described himself as merely, quote, an extra, extra clever mongoose. 
but at another time he proclaimed, quote, I'll split the atom. I'm the fifth dimension. I'm the eighth wonder of the world. Who said this? Jeff. To them. So hmm. they, they said that. He said that. He said they They said he said. <laughs> they said he said. Take a little talk, a little cheep, cheep, cheep. Oh, my God. Okay. But they always described him as a mongoose. At, in the beginning. Okay. And it, then, then it they changed. said he looked like a sprite. Which is like a... Like a fairy. Well, in my mind, fairies can change. Shape Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeff was also known to exclaim from time to time, if you knew what I knew, you'd know a hell of a lot. <laughs> That's something somebody would say that knows nothing. Wait, what? One more good? If you knew what I knew, you'd know a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like only somebody who wants to seem like they know a lot would say that. Are you saying that Jeff was a liar? Yes. Are you calling Jeff a liar? He said he was the eighth world, world wonder. Yeah. When speaking with the Manchester Daily, the newspaper that James did an interview with, um, as well as sightseer, sightseers and paranormal investigators, James would insist that there's nothing supernatural about Jeff. Okay. However, he did recount this story to the newspaper during his 1932 interview. Early in 1932, my daughter and I were alone in the house, broad daylight. I saw, to my surprise, a very large cat, striped like a tiger. I thought this was no ordinary cat, so I slipped a cartridge into my single-barrel gun. The cat was a little ahead of me, but easily within range. And it turned through an open gateway into a grass field. I was there a few seconds behind and fully expected to see the cat, but no cat could be seen. Look as I liked. I detailed my experiences to my wife on her return that night, and then Jeff called out, It was me you saw, Jim! (laughs) Wait, how big? How big was this cat? A very large cat. He was just gonna shoot it? If you thought you saw a tiger running in the hallway. I don't think I'd chase it. James But I do work at a zoo. James <laughs> Chasing was, it would be a very bad idea. James was unafraid. <laughs> He's protecting his it daughter. It was me, Jim. I want I want Jeff to live in our walls. Careful what you wish for, my dude. <laughs> James also went on to say, quote, Jeff seemed reluctant to be captured on film. Jeff what? is averse to being photoed, and if it were not for my wife's insistence and persistence, there would be no photos as Jeff obeys my wife only, and that just within certain limits. James gave various reasons as to why Jeff did not want to be caught on camera, saying to one point that Jeff said, quote, I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet, and if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, and turned into stone or a pillar of salt. I wish. No, I mean, oh, but he sounds so cute as, like, a giant tiger or a little fairy or a little mongoose. Ah, but the family also accused Jeff of throwing stones, killing rabbits, and singing Bowdy, B-A-W-D-Y, renditions of Home on the Range. Home, home Home on the range. range. Where what is the grass mean? and the buffalo? I don't know. Uh, loud, rude, loud and bad. I don't know. Okay, let's see. Oh, 
dealing with sexual matters in a comical way, humorously indecent. Oh, so he threw some little, 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 little. He made it, he made Home on the Range sexy. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) He made Home on the Range sexy. And they were mad about it, which they should have been, because that's hard to do. They shouldn't have been upset. They should have been proud. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Home on the Range, Mr. President. Anyway, well, their daughter was young, right? So maybe that's why they were against it. And he would throw rocks to kill rabbits? And kill rabbits, separately. He'd throw rocks at them. They're just being babies. The quote, talking mongoose's little speeches, meanwhile, varied from rude to terrifying. He would say things such as, quote, I have been to nicer homes than this. Carpets, piano, satin covers on polished tables. I think I'm going back there. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Okay. It would also vary to something more like, I could kill you all, but I won't. Oh, God. <laughs> I, the first one, I was like, okay, Jeff, move. Like, whatever. Like, Go on, get. Go on, get. Go on, get out of here. But then, uh, I could kill you all. That's a bit. And he probably could. <laughs> Ain't caught him yet. <laughs> Been 23 days in, in the, the chamber. chamber. They, they found, found me yet, but when they, they do. James Irving recalled other odd incidents. On one occasion, three fishermen from a nearby town of Peel visited the farm. While in conversation with James Irving, one of the men suddenly stopped speaking, saying that he had seen a white cat leap up onto his lap. But no one else had seen the cat, and the Irvings did not own one. In an entry recorded in James Irving's diary, one of a gang of road repair workers was having his lunch outdoors close to the farm. The man threw an unwanted piece of bread into a field and was amazed to see that the bread was moving on its own accord. And in another diary entry, Irving wrote, a cousin of his, uh, Cyril Oates, C-Y-R-I-L, Oates, O-A-T-E-S, was tilling a field near their home when a stone was thrown over the hedge at him. When he looked, there was no one in the field and nowhere for anyone to have been hidden. Hmm. But Jeff never talked to anybody else. Uh, he would make strange noises sometimes when people came but over. But more like animal noises, not like full-on conversations or whatever. Right. So there was mm. one newspaper who said that they had talked with Jeff. Yeah. But it was similar things to what they already heard. Said, right? Interesting. Okay. So what or who was Jeff the Weasel Man? Scientists and experts have yet to agree, obviously, Mm -hmm. but over time, investigations were launched, hair samples were collected, and footprints were analyzed. Some of the hairs seemed to be weasel-like in nature, while others proved to be that of a long-haired dog. Okay. The footprints, while they matched the descriptions given of Jeff, with quite a disparity between the size of the front and rear paws. So, like a long body. Yes, with big back feet and small front feet. The paws in the front measure between 8 and 10 centimeters... Which was pretty big for an animal that was only supposed to be 30 centimeters long. Nevertheless, this was consistent with the description the Irvings had given of Jeff's oversized human-like hands. Apparently had human-like hands. Gross. No, wait, hold on. In weasel body? Yeah. Ew, no wonder he was like, nobody want to see me. Oh, I feel bad. Sorry, Jeff. Well, I was, either, I was picturing like, oh, he's a weasel. And then I was picturing like, oh, he's like a, a little fairy with like human hands i was not picturing the the weasel with human hands human feet scientists and experts have yet to agree. <laughs> gross wait so when they were measuring the 
like the footprints they were measuring like a little handprint mm-hmm. like fingers and thumb uh Gross. yes these were sent to a zoological society who analyzed the prints it was also pointed out that these displayed none of the folds or textures that would have been expected from a real animal's skin so they were like too smooth yeah yeah but he doesn't like have to he's magic right mm. people thought that this meant that the story was a hoax Oh, I was, see, I went to, well, he's probably magic, so he doesn't have to use his hands for I mean, I agree, but okay. I'm telling you what many people thought. People thought it was like a little Barbie hand. But they big, were just like but, putting but big. handprints. Yeah. Some of them looked like they'd been made with sticks, like drawn out. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. As for the voice of Jeff, in an interview broadcast by Manx, M-A-N-X, radio in 2001, Kathleen Green, who was a childhood friend of the Irving's daughter, Voiry, stated that Voiry had been an accomplished ventriloquist with the ability to throw her voice. This led to the belief that Voiry and her mother, Margaret, were playing a long, drawn-out hoax on the father, James, who remained convinced until his death. Voiry herself was interviewed years later and stated adamantly that she was not a ventriloquist and she wished Jeff had not been real. She said, quote, it was not a hoax and I wish it had never happened. If my mother and I had had it our way, we would have never told anyone about it, but my father was sort of wrapped up in it. It was such a wonderful phenomenon that he just had to tell people about it. There is also people who have said, you can call it ventriloquism, but there is no way to throw your voice in the way that she would have had to done to make this. Yeah, and also, that's just, that's mean for her and her mom to play such a long joke on him and, like, never tell him, which, I mean, I guess, like, in that aspect, I would kind of believe it because, like, after a while, if he told all these people and he really believed it, like, I probably wouldn't come clean about it either. (laughs) But also, like, that would be really mean. Oh, yeah, for, like, years and years and years. Yeah. make it up. So, was Jeff real? Or was there another strange phenomenon present on the Irvings' farm? Uh-oh. There can be made a case that if Jeff really was some kind of supernatural entity, he had been present long before the Irvings themselves. Mm-hmm. Jeff had told the family, quote, For years, I could understand all that was said. I tried to talk, but I couldn't until you taught me. A piece of folklore suggests that the farm where they lived, which is called Dorlish Cashin, D-O-A-R-L-I-S-H, Cashin, C-A-S-H-E-N, had previously been the setting for other weird phenomena. Some strange men had been digging there years before and unearthed a flat stone covering a funerary urn, like a funeral urn, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which contained black ashes. They buried it again in the huge hedge bank. A long time after this, and not extremely long before the Irvings came around, Sure. a young man was hunting rabbits in the area. He thought he saw a rabbit bolt into the hedge. He began pulling away the stones and soil, and while doing so, he felt something invisible pushing back at him. When this happened a second time, a sudden fear took over him, and he ran down the hillside until he reached his home. A white stone in the hedge still marks the spot where the urn was buried. Mm-hmm. So they think that there is some other type of being. Spiritual being, being. And that guy kind of unearthed it and then the urbans moved in later and then like lived there. And so this being was like, oh, I will he was talk like, to oh, these people. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. Interesting. Interesting. There is 
like a 13-page paper about Jeff, about everything known about Jeff, that also describes his bus rides. Is Jeff still around? Um, scientists and experts have yet to agree. Some people say they still go to the area and they hear the voice. Mm -hmm. Other people say that when James died, Voiry and her mother left the property, and Mm -hmm. therefore Jeff... Either followed them or didn't like anybody as much as them, so he kind of... Right. Huh. Okay. But if you want to read the paper, it's really good. I think it's part of, like, one of the investigations that was done, but Mm -hmm. it also talks about his bus rides, and it talks about all their experiences that they, the Irving family claimed to have had with him, Mm -hmm. and more about how people think it's a hoax, but... When they got these people together to do these investigations, there were, like, several um, people that led the investigations. One guy's last name was Price. He was really into it. But none of them could agree. Okay. Like, they all drew conclusions. Right. But nobody agreed on the same conclusion. Hmm. So then people were like, well, if you all can't come to the same conclusion, then scientists and experts have yet to to agree. agree. And also, he's a magical being that tricks your mind. Trickster. He's a trickster. Yeah. He's a magical fairy. He's a magical fairy weasel man with human hands. Mm-hmm. And I brought you these two uh, contestants today because both of them are weasel-like. Weasel men. Weasel men. <laughs> They're weasel men. So what do you think? Um, If I had to choose between the two, if I had to choose to live near one of the contestants, I would choose to live near contestant number two. Jeff? Yeah. Why? Seems like a good roommate, although he, you know, puts on a threatening aura at times. Mm-hmm. Didn't really seem like he did much. Seemed like a fun guy to hang around. Those one-liners get you. If I had to go on a one, a 1v1 fight to the death, I'd probably choose contestant number one. Stay away from the snow, you're Gucci. Exactly. Because I just feel like Jeff has a few tricks up his sleeve. And I feel like the snow wasset, you kind of know what you're getting. He's in the snow, under the ground. I mean, they had a whole game plan. You know, it does say that only, the only time white men had ever seen him was then. No one said anything about white women. White women? See, I'm fine. We know people of other ethnic backgrounds. You might have an advantage. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm also not a lumberjack. So that, that, I mean, that could put me at an advantage or a disadvantage. If it's a 1v1 where we just, like, wait each other out, I think I'd eventually win. If it was, like, a 1v1 where they put me in a snow-covered forest, I would probably lose. Here's my thing about mythical beings. Do I get an axe? That must. That's not how you catch them. Do I get rocks and sticks? You get a Pokeball. One. (laughs) (laughs) One Pokeball. Well, I think you gotta catch them all. (laughs) I'll give you a Great Ball. I think that's better than a regular Pokeball. It's been a while since I played Pokemon. (laughs) Pokemon! What I'm saying is, eventually, migratory mythical beings must do the migration. Yeah, so I just had to survive until the summer. So you gotta put up a hefty fence. That goes deep into the ground. And the windy boy tries to get to the Great Lake. Yeah. We'll snatch him. Can't you? You snatch him. Drig it. Dig him out. Wouldn't that only help him? Can they swim? A, hey, dig a moat around the Great Lakes. 
<laughs> to confuse him. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time that we end the episode. If you want to check out the resources, including the paper that Whitney talked about, you can visit our website, bugginarug.podbean.com. If you want to see any photos, I'm assuming we have some drawings of Jeff in the Snow Wasset? Yeah, the photos that they claimed to have were, like, analyzed, and it was, like, moss on a log. (laughs) And maybe a cat. Like <laughs> It's fine. I still want to see him. If you still want to see him, you can check out Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Instagram and Twitter is at B-I-A-R podcast. Facebook is just bug and a rug. Um, you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Email us your ideas. Would you choose contestant number one or contestant number two to play 1v1 basketball against? Ah. <sighs> The snow moss is like 140 feet tall. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage? Tall or long? Long. Because those are very different things, my dude. <laughs> He's out of bounds when he touches the ball no matter what. I will play basketball against him any day. <laughs> Just oh, get anyway. Your, a referee who's willing to call it. Yeah, right, I mean? right. Of course, of course. Um, but email us, podcast at gmail.com. We hope that this story doesn't keep you up at night. Although, if you hear... Somebody in the walls calling you a fat-headed gnome. <laughs> Let me know. You might be in trouble. Just be, be like, trouble. hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Um, Carly did text me. The movie that I was talking about last week where I said the guy, Sarah Jessica Parker, and her, in the movie, Sarah Jessica Parker and her husband were trying to get a divorce, and then they saw someone get pushed off of a window ledge and die, and then they had to go and witness protection together, and then they fell in love at the rodeo. Carly did text me and said that the movie is Did You Hear About the Morgans, which is correct. So I will be sending her a sticker and a dollar. Um, But do you have a question? Do you have a question that people should answer to get a sticker? Well, first of all, I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you know it's correct or are you taking her word for it? No, it's correct. I looked it up. I looked it up. It's correct. Um, I would trust Carly with my life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Could be Um, about a movie. Could be about anything. Let's see. Oh, uh, my question is for this week is going to be, what are the different kinds of Pokeballs? Give Name at least three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've already given you two. Regular and a Great Ball. If you can name one more. <laughs> is it just called regular? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me, I've named, I've given you one. I gotta go. <laughs> If you send us uh, the name of a third type of Pokeball, we will send you a sticker and a dollar. No, gonna have to be quicker than that. <laughs> we'll send you a sticker and a heads up penny. <laughs> okay. Anyway, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.